which are sufficient. Now, let me get that right. That's my old bragging ground, for I'm a, a graduate of Lincoln, and we'll introduce that person, and we'll tell you the other four, and we talk about acknowledging Dr. Kristen uh, Foster, uh, Kelvin Bear, and William Lowe, the football coach. And these students, <clears throat> they will tell you what their awards will amount to for four years will be over 200000 Now, let's do this. Let's get our co-host on the line. We'll introduce our co-host. And then we'll on the line. Okay. Our co-host, we have um, Judge um, Martina Peterson. We have uh, the other attorney of uh, Rona Holloman. Hughes, they're on the line with us, right? Yes, we're on the line with us. Okay, now let's go back to Lincoln High School. Do we have uh, Jermaine Hamilton Jordan on the line? Oh, I couldn't get him anything. His number is. Um, I, got, I got the number. Okay, let's go on to the next step then. But those four students, if I, I might be repeating myself, they scholarships will amount to about 200000 Imagine that. I know that Mr. Uh, Jermaine uh, is at Hamilton Jordan is at a banquet for one of the other football players who's going to our state. But let's go, let's introduce what well, we talked about our people that are judges and our co-hosts. So let's see if we can get the other people lined up on the phone. Do we have uh, Miss Henderson? Yes. This is she. Okay, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Okay, do we have Mr. Thomas Peterson? Yes, sir. Okay, do we have Miss uh, um, Henderson? Who is the other person that you was going to get on the line? Great. Great, okay. Let's do this. First, introduce yourself. What school are you going to? And... Tell us a little bit about yourself, then we'll bring on the uh, co-hosts and they'll ask different questions throughout the period of the show. If anything you want to express, what you're looking for, or what have you, and we have been blessed. You know, I'm reminiscing about two stars, late great stars, Ray Charles and Julian Bond. We also have been blessed. We have Dr. Wanda J. Nelson and her people who are cosmetologists, beauty salon owners, barbers, and what have you. We particularly are targeting the Georgia area because they have a, they got a great 
runoff coming July the 5th. So, if we could. Yes, sir. January 5th. Oh, what did I say? July. Well, I'm always been ahead of myself. But yes, January the 5th. Could we start with you, Ms. Henderson? Oh, no, first. Yeah, Ms. Henderson, tell us about yourself. Mr. Thomas, tell us about yourself. And then the other young lady, tell us about yourself. And then we'll leave it open for our co-hosts and anyone else on this line to ask questions. Okay, hi guys, I'm Kayla Henderson. I am a senior at Alabama A&M University, majoring in communications media with a concentration production. Um, so what got me to, well, no, what gave me an interest to become a communications student to study it because um, back at home, Kansas City, which I'm currently here now, I started on the radio um, at a teen talk show for a teen talk show called Generation Rap at the age of 16. I grew to love it. I love the basics of that. I love being on air. I love being on talent. That's what sparked my interest to become a media major. So in school, um, I've interviewed like big moguls like Michael Vick, DC um, Youngfly, um, Eric Thomas, et cetera. Currently, due to COVID, you know, a lot of stuff has, you know, a lot of people damaging me with their careers or their focus on doing something that they want to do, especially in college, it's kind of tricky. So what I currently do is right now I have my own website called Work Talk with Kay. It's on my Instagram and my Facebook at official Kayla 2.0. And what I do is just interview a lot of people in different genres of life, whether it comes to music, whether it comes to author, whether it's a lieutenant, government, lieutenant governor, or et cetera, entrepreneur. So that's something, that's what I think about myself. Okay, Mr. Peterson, I understand you go to the University of Wisconsin. Yes, sir. I am currently pursuing my PhD at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. I am in the Molecular and Environmental Toxicology Program. I now, what does that mean? What, uh, that, what type of degrees is that? So that's a that's a degree in toxicology. So I would be um, a job that I would attain after getting this degree would be uh, looking at the effectiveness of drugs and making sure they're not too toxic um, to the general public before they're released into clinical trials. Or I would also be involved in development of the drug. Okay. Now the young lady, you understand you go to Spelman. Correct. I do. Hello, my name is Grace Cole. I'm a junior um, at Southern College in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm an English major with a deep study in sports journalism. And just like Kayla, I was on generation rap growing up in high school and stuff and really found a love for journalism. So I realized that sports is my area that I want to go to. I, you know, I've seen sports being just so many different sports do so many things for people in their lives and stuff. And so I took an interest in their stories and things like that. And, you know, really being a journalism, being a journalist, I really want to be able to provide a platform for those who don't have one to be able to tell their stories and to affect others who might listen. Okay. Do we have sufficient amount of information, uh, co-hosts, so we can start you guys answering, asking questions? Uh, yeah, I am. Um... I'm really happy that... Identify yourself first, please. I'm sorry. Um, 
because um, a lot of people need, or a lot of students need to start getting an idea of kind of what they need to do to be successful and uh, what steps they need to take to prepare themselves to be in college and be successful in college. And so I want to get uh, some of your take on all of the that we have today. If you could give us a little bit of a background as far as the school that you went to, um, give us an idea of what things you think you need to do in school that help you be successful in college or would have helped you be more successful in college if you did that. To give them advice on what to prepare themselves for college in doing in high school and then how to be successful in college, the other skills that you're going to need to learn and focus on as well that you learned in college, but you weren't prepared for it because you didn't have to do them or didn't know about them when you were in high school. So can you give us some background and then some, some suggestions on how other students can start preparing themselves to be successful? That would be great. So you want to go down the same line you went down in the temperature if you want to start? Just down okay, the before you start, the theme of this special show is politically speaking. We can go from there. Okay. Okay, so um, I would say, because, you know, we're in a time where social media is a big platform right now, maintain that you know how to market your social media, maintain that you stay up on social media and network. Networking is the key that I've learned before college and during college is the way to be. And what a lot of people don't say is um, they always tell you to target just your peers when it comes to networking. No, target the high officials of the school. Like, and when I mean target, network with them, make friends with them. You know, just be, you know, very cool people with them. Also, network with people outside because you never know who you might run into. You never know who might help you grow into the career field of your career field of your desires. Um, I feel like that's one of my main advice. Um, secondly, stay true to yourself, and it's okay to fail, but don't repeatedly fail all the time. Like, because once you fall, it makes you stronger. Um, that's what I had kind of trouble with in college with failing, because, you know, every time I fail, I would be super, super hard on myself. But I had to learn that, you know what, everybody is not perfect. You're going to fail in life, but you have to dust yourself off, get up, and keep pushing forward. Okay, Thomas Peterson. I agree that networking is probably one of the most important things that you can do. Uh, also exposing yourself to a bunch of different subjects. That's very important because you need to know whether or not you want to go to a liberal college or you want to go to a college that's more focused on science or uh, you want to make sure that you have a general direction um, that you want to go in so then you can target schools um, or degrees. I also think that it's important to be um, to have a diverse set of skills. So, in science, we we uh, make sure that we have individuals that aren't just really intelligent, but that they can communicate as well. Because when you get to a job, you need to collaborate with many people. So, um, colleges don't want to see somebody who just has good grades. They want to see someone who's in a debate club. They're 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 out there and they're uh, just exposing themselves to the world and getting into a lot of different things as well. Uh, and then my final suggestion to get into a good college is to make sure that you um, put a lot of emphasis on studying for the ACTs or for the SATs. Um, pay the money to like help you study for that because that helps you get scholarships. 
And then I would say, last one is to um, really work hard on that personal statement. That essay means just as much as your ACT score or your grade. So um, that's my advice for getting into the colleges. And uh, for once you're in college, I would say um, what I did is I went to the professor in one of my favorite classes. I shook his hand and I asked him if there were any opportunities to get into a lab. And that gives you more uh, relevant experience to kind of the professional world. So that could give you some contact like um, the previous, previous participant was saying. Okay, great. Um, Ms. Uh, Ms. Cole? Yes, I would like to piggyback on, on what both of the guests said before me. You know, networking is extremely important. Um, my mom always tells me, like, he, he's never gotten a job, like, just by applying. Like, it was, he got a job through networking. It was who he knew that knew someone else. So networking is so important. I would also say that um, putting yourself out there when you get to school, I feel like that really kind of works for me. I got to meet a lot of people. I got to find my group of friends and I just, you know, got exposed to a lot of different things just by putting myself out there. And um, I feel like when I was in high school, like, high school put a lot of emphasis on the academic part of college, which is very important. I think it's important to understand how you learn as a student so that when you're in class, you know how you learn. So if something's not working, you can go to your professor and be like, well, this is how I learned. How can I do this or this is how I study. So I feel like knowing those things about yourself is really going to help. But I also think that college is like you learn so much about yourself in college. I feel like I've learned more about myself than I have learned in a classroom. So I just, you know, being prepared for that personal growth and that emotional growth is also going to be very important when you step, step on a college campus. Let me do this. What well, we probably should have started out each of you your high school days, what high school you went to, and why you selected the college, and then we'll go back to where we are now. Okay. Um, yes. Um, so the high school that I attended was Sunny um, Mission Northwest High School in Shawnee, Kansas. Um, the college that my ideal college that I wanted to go to was for A&M. The reason why I chose Alabama A&M. Um, I had connections. So just to take back what we talked about earlier, it's not what you know, it's who you know, and networking can get you into places, you know. So um, I ended up loving the campus. The people there were so cool. Um, so, yeah, so that's really how I got into album and then I just knew someone that knew someone in the just got connected, and I applied. They accepted me, so I was just like, I'm going to album and university. Okay. So um, this is Thomas Peters. Oh, did you want to continue? No, go ahead. Go ahead, Thomas. So this is Thomas Peterson. I went to Rockhurst High School, and then I went to Penn State for my undergraduate. Uh, the I'd say the three most important things I learned in high school, or the three most important skills, were um, the ability to reflect on what I've done previously, um, discipline, and the other one was a reflection, discipline. Oh, in how to study because you you can't just work hard. You need to learn how to study and then um, not be too stubborn to get help. So uh, those were the three things that I personally used the most in college. And 
Um, as someone else said, it's okay to fail, but just make sure you are able to reflect and see what you did wrong. And that's one way that I was able to, even though my first year I might not have done as well, um, I was able to do extremely well in my later years because I was able to realize how I needed to study, when I needed to go get help, and how to get help for um, these classes. Did you want me to hit on any no, other go ahead, go ahead. You can talk all you, you want us, and I'm quite sure our co-host will ask some additional question. Uh, we also, the young lady who's going down to Spelman, what school did she go to here, and how did she get to Spelman? That's one of the top-rated uh, female colleges in the nation, right? Yes, it is. I've been the number one HBCU for the last, I want to say, 14 years. But I went to Bishop Meade High School in Kansas, and um, I had visited Spelman at a very young age, and then I wanted, I said I wanted to go there, you know. I didn't, I realized it was going to be harder than just, be, you know, talking about it at the age of eight. So, you know, when I got to high school, that kind of changed. I did want to go to Howard, but Spelman was my number two, but I didn't get, I didn't end up getting into Howard. So I, I got into Spelman and I decided that's where I wanted to go. Um, and yeah, it, it has been great for me being just surrounded by some of the top black women at their high school, we all go, like, it's like we all go to school together, and it's been, it's been good for me. It's been a healthy um, competition, you know, all my film assistants constantly, we're constantly pushing each other to be the best versions of ourselves that we possibly can. Now, for our listeners who might not know where Spelman is, what is your location? It is in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Uh, Miss uh, Hughes? Yes, is she, is Rona with us? Yes, yes, I am. Okay, I know you have a lot of questions for her. I don't know if I have a lot of questions, but um, I am interested in what um, you all think of being a scholar athlete. Um, do you do you see any difference in the uh, way they are treated on campus? Uh, do you have any, um, I know the four young men that were recently uh even scholarships from Lincoln are going to need some advice on how to study and keep up their grades. So do you have any advice for them? Um, I've met some of the uh, individuals who've gotten scholarships at Penn State, and um, a lot of them are just extremely disciplined. So I'd say that's the, the biggest thing because you're doing two a days, so you're practicing twice a day, and you have to work out, and you have to study and you have to make good grades. And the school will make sure that you have classes that fit into the schedule for when you're supposed to practice and when you're supposed to um, work out. But um, at the end of the day, they, they will provide tutors, like if they did at Penn State, they provided tutors um, for the individuals, but it was still on those, um, in those individuals to perform well in those classes. So um, I would just say to stay disciplined and try not to stray away from um, the goal, which is to um, do well in, in class and on the field as well. Let me ask you this. Now, Penn State, is that a, that's an Ivy League school, right? Uh, it's just under, uh, I believe. Under. So, yeah. I guess my but, point is this. How did you go to a D1 at the University of Wisconsin? How did you go from Penn State 
uh, was it the cause of uh, that's what you want to do? You did your master's. Did you do that at uh, Penn State? So I, what happened is, is um, when I, like again, I told you guys to kind of put yourself out there and figure out what you want to do at first so then you can um, kind of target a school. I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I made sure I went to a school with a, uh, a strong, strong programs across the board. So I went to Penn State because it, it has good engineering program. It has a good media program. It, it has good, it's one of the only like 10 schools in the nation to have an undergraduate in toxicology. Uh, so I went there and I got my toxicology degree. And then I looked for a graduate program and uh, UW Madison is one of the best toxicology programs in the country as well. So I, chose to go there but uh, both schools are amazing they have um, very uh, they're public universities so they have a huge amount of money to help them fund their research and they're also they have amazing professors that give them opportunities as well so that's why I chose those two schools well I know in the masters and uh, PhD you can't live you can't how, how the best way to put this you have to be a B average or better, right? Yes, sir. So you, you need at least a, so um, to get into grad school, I would say you need probably at least a 3.3 GPA uh, to like a 3.5 if you want to get into like the, the, the better ones. Okay. Um, but uh, you need to stay in the programs. You need at least a 3.0. And um, yeah, as long as you maintain that, for the first two years, you'll, you'll be done with classes uh, if you're in a PhD program. You'll be done with your classes after the second year, and then they usually pay you to just come in and work uh, and produce uh, data and publish work. Okay, ladies, don't let them outdo you now. <laughs> I would say for um, the student athletes that I know, um, like he said, you have to be disciplined. You have to understand that, like, you might not be able to go to all the events on campus. You might not be able to go out every weekend because you have a game or you have other stuff that you have to do. So I think, you know, just keeping just keeping that in mind that, you know, you have to be disciplined with your studies, disciplined with your workouts, and, you know, disciplined with everything else that you have going on. So I feel like that's really important to keep in mind. Um, I agree. Both of those, both of them, if discipline is like the key when it comes to sports and athletes. Um, I really didn't have a, I really didn't have a lot of athletes brands. Like I knew some of them, but not really. So I wasn't too big on like the athletic side. But just speaking back in on what um, Mr. Thomas and what Ms. Cole said is just really discipline when it comes to that, and they can't do a lot of stuff what the normality of what college kids do as in going places as in you know sometimes hanging with friends like yeah they might have friends but one thing I noticed about like some athletes is like they always be with each other so they really couldn't branch off as regular college kids could do. We might have some listeners who might want to call in. The call in is 314 314- 308-2591. Hopefully we can get you on there. And then if you would, I'll see if you can reach 816-863-2403 and see if he's available. I know his principal and some of his teacher, which is 
my high school, Lincoln, are listening. Okay. Um, I want to throw something out for you guys. Um, when you talk about, you know, the struggles that you have mm-hmm. to be successful, and, and sometimes, you know, you said you have to fall down and get back up and figure out how to do things if you keep going. What was one of the uh, big hurdles that you had or one of the struggles that you had when you went from high school to college, and how did you overcome that? Because there's different experiences and requirements uh, in college, and, and some people have differently, you know, some people have trouble learning how to um, how to schedule things and time management. Some people have trouble trying to figure out where they need to go to get help. Um, and so what was your struggle that you um, had to deal with when you first got there, and how did you overcome it? What resources or what actions? Like you have to do that by yourself. And if you don't go to class, like you're not 
you know? So just keeping yourself disciplined is going to be really awesome, like, really super important to go to college as well. Yeah. So I would like to ask a question about mental health and whether or not your uh, respective colleges actually promoted uh, getting help, especially in the first years of school. Did they um, reach out to you and say, hey, we know it's a struggle, we know if you're far away from home and alone, here's a number, here's who you can call. Does it pay out you in your respective colleges? Um, the way that Alabama A&M told us was through email and we told freshmen and to hear all the students that, oh, you guys, um, you guys have come to us. That you can email or call. I can't remember her verbatim if they did give us a number, but they gave us like, email addresses to email or go to the clinic, the school uh, clinic, and set up an appointment. That was the only thing that they had talked to us about when I came into college in 2016. But once um, mental health was really a big issue during like 2017, 2018, then that's when they got more serious with it. Um, we had, they had gotten more, a little bit more lenient when it came to like turning in assignments. Like all of my, like majority of my classes, our assignments had a time in like 11.59. And some of the professors, because, you know, some students really dealt with mental health. You know, you have a professor that was strict, but then, you, but then I was blessed to have professors that were under and et cetera. So I felt like that was also a good brush for mental health as well. But long this majority they just gave us emails or told us email you know, like still clinic, et cetera. So for my school, um, they well both of the schools that I went to, they have dedicated crisis hotlines. So you can call a a crisis hotline at any time. And there will either be a like um, somebody training to be with a psychologist, or there will be one of the on-staff psychologists there to help you. There will be somebody there to help you, and they they will then uh, work to schedule a uh, a meeting with with somebody and a counselor with the school. And I have also noticed that a lot of professors, as long as you're upfront with them they'll be very accommodating. So if you tell them, you know, like sometimes things happen like that, they will push exams back a little bit for you. So then you're, you're not over, college is extremely stressful, whether it's trying to manage all these assignments or trying to um, make sure that you're getting in those uh, other activities to help you build a network and gain professional skills. The, the, the faculty understand and the school goes out of its way, at least in, in my situation, to make sure that you have a support system. You know, mental health is one of the areas very important, but at the top of the show, I should announce that we had three breakthroughs as far as the, uh, what am I trying to say? That they discovered vaccines, and all have been approved by the FDA, um, Federal Drug Administration, but then as you relate to culturally, that a lot of people of color, black people, Hispanic or whatever, are kind of leery about take, getting shots and 
I think they want you to have two, starting out with one, but then a lot of people, I don't know if you, you remember, but uh, your parents or your grandparents, they have the Tuskegee Institute where they use black folks to experiment. And a lot of people are leery of that. And a lot of them say we haven't been educated or we didn't have the finance unless our parents uh, was educated academically. We didn't know what to do, so we just sat, sat back. What do you guys, what's your comment on that? Um, I definitely think people have the right to be weary because of the mistreatment that America has had on um, individuals of color in the past. But the FDA is um, in place to make sure that um, that these drugs are safe, that the side effects are minimal, and that the benefits outweigh any risk. So I, I don't know personally any of the side effects, but I know that if this has been passed by the FDA, that it's not going to cause like anyone to die necessarily. I mean, you know, I can't speak for them, but I, I know that there's like a limit. So they, they make sure that like there's not going to be a toxic effect um, for the average individual. Um, taking this vaccine. And they test it on a multiple different types of people, like elderly. They make sure they're elderly patients. They make sure there's, uh, it's not going to affect young people. It's not going to affect people of different ethnicities. Uh, so, like, the FDA is very rigorous now, and they make sure that they um, put their vaccines through a battery of tests for that purpose. And there, unlike before, we have more uh, black professionals like um, who um, know the efficacy of um, different drugs, and so they can advise us as how uh, the procedures go. And um, you know, once you get to the third trial, the trial with um, human trials, and they pretty much um, know the efficacy of um, the drugs, um, and then they're just looking at the side effects. So, um, and also now they have several um, doctors who are of color. And who were working on these, um, these vaccines. So um, we have people that we can, I believe, trust in our own community to tell us whether or not we can take this. Someone tried to call me. If you want to get in on the line, uh, you should call 314-308-2591. We are open and we appreciate our listeners who want to call in and talk to our intelligent people that are on the phone with us doing okay, the show. I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to be a devil's But I have, a, I have a question. We didn't talk about Greek. I mean, you know, you all are on campus. Did any of you go Greek? And if any of you want Greek, did you go black Greek? Um, I didn't go. Nobody? No, no, no. You know, you still join Sigma Gamma Rho if you want to. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay, I'm going to talk about this, this vaccine that Anthony's that talking about. That I, that, that, the CDC uh, experiments on, on African Americans must have nothing to do with the FDA. It had to do with the government want, and, and injecting syphilis into a group of African American men to see what the outcome was going to be. So that was back in the day when, and I don't remember how long ago that was, that was the 30s or the 40s when there was 
supposedly separate but equal. Uh, they had Jim Crow laws back then, and they, they had no regard for minorities or African Americans, and, and it was okay that they thought that they could use guinea pig. So that's not widespread today. Uh, today, that's not acceptable, and, and science does not allow for that to occur. So if it's occurring, it's, it's under the rug, and it's not normally the government that is spearheading that. My only concern with the vaccine is this. Well, it's twofold, and it's because I don't have a background in science. It's just number one that it was rushed. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was rushed, and that normally on a, on a good day, it takes much longer to develop a vaccine and test it and monitor people to see what the long-term side effects are before it gets approved. So these were kind of, there's a question or a concern with some people that corners were cut uh, because the president, and for well, maybe not just the president, but who was ever in the federal government monitoring or doing that, was trying to get this pushed very quickly through. And I think I think that's the concern that a lot of people have, is that corners were cut. And my concern that I have is that in the beginning, there was one strength, which is the development of what I understand, the development of the vaccine happened very quickly. It happened in a few weeks after uh, they determined that there was this, this, um, uh, COVID came out. And so the COVID has mutated at least four times that we know about to different strands. And so my question would be, does it account for, or is it close enough to the original strand strain or whatever you call it that mutated where it will be effective? And, or did they just develop the vaccine for the first strand and when it mutated, do they know if it will be useful for that because even the flu vaccine only covers certain strains of the flu and not all of them. And so that, I think those are some of the questions that people have. I don't know the answer that be MC, but I, I understand why there's some reluctance or some people to want to take. It's uh, in terms of the vaccine, uh, I'm just timing. Like in terms of the vaccine, I would say before you get anything injected into yourself, do the research. Don't take anybody's word for it. Do your own research and look into things before you get stuff put into your body. I and as I said last week, I am not I'm not a doctor, so that's why I paid that guy, my doctor, I paid a lot of money to give me advice. So I would say go to your doctor, the person that you trust, and ask because there might be um, things that um, are about you, if you are having, um, you know, some person is, I'm trying to fix this out, a person who is allergic, probably wait. Um, so ask your doctor if you can fix it good for you. Uh, well, this is our folks. Let me jump in on this one. Uh, due to the fact that uh, we have several uh, different vaccines coming out, last week we had the Pfizer. This we had the Moderna just got approved, uh, you know, this, this weekend, and then there are two other vaccines that's in, that's in, in the pipeline. But I think, as, as you already alluded to, that most of most of the ones that all them out here have a very short term of being able to uh, identify any problems, any you know, reaction, and they already have a bad reaction, you know, in, in foreign countries who was already vaccinated before we were in our country. So I think that leaves some kind of some caution. Like that young lady just said, be cautious when it goes into your body because you only got one body 
school got their masters, their BAs, or what have you, they normally educate their kids. Now we know education starts at home. We also know if you go back to K one, K two, well, right the early beginning, that a lot of people, parents, can hardly wait till school starts. That way, they don't have to be any, any comment on that? <laughs> oh, no. I know I don't need y'all hanging this y'all don't come up with an answer. <laughs> the lines are open. Talk freely. <laughs> let, 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 let me ask you a different question. Uh, I know that when I went to college back in the day, I didn't have a very strong faith start with and so um and I didn't have a counselor in my senior year to help me navigate through all of these things. Um so what are some classes that you think that people need to take to be well rounded uh, and successful in academics at the school? Because a lot of people have difficulty adjusting to college because there's some holes in their education and areas that they just know they need to at least have a solid foundation in. So what are classes that you would recommend that people take just to make sure they have a broad but full foundation to build on in college? Um, I would prefer an entrepreneur class. Um, I would take a lot of business classes. Also, um, take a foreign language class. It sounds kind of like foreign language mode. Seriously, because you, um, it's a lot of foreigners in the USA, you know, and not every not everyone speaks um, foreign English. And I prefer so those are like the three big classes out there. So like a business class, an entrepreneur class, and a foreign language course. I think a good class to take would be an economics class. Um, I think that's just a good life skill to understand economics and how to how the uh, out of our capitalist society works and how to budget your money. I um, think that one of the most important skills that you should have is communication. So some type of class where you have to present things, I think, is very important. Whether that's um, like a like a media class or anything, and uh, you should be good at math because uh, if you're not good at math, then you can't go into any type of science. Uh, I mean, you don't need to be at the highest level of proficiency, but uh, make sure that you can do algebra very well. I had actually taken a calculus class before I got into a Penn State, and I did have to take calculus. And uh, it's okay to take a little longer to graduate so that you can take um, time on one class that's really difficult. So you can uh, make sure you get good grades in that so you have a good presentation for later on. Um, and, uh, English. Oh my God, English. Make sure you're very good at writing. You can write well, uh, because no matter what profession you go in after college, you're going to have to write reports. You're going to have to communicate to people. I think that's a critical skill that you need to have. You know, someone I, I know there's a lot of students. I'll, I'll be off, Starley. A lot of students don't pass well, but they can do the work. Have any of them faced with that or know about situations? Whether people just couldn't take a test or do good on a test, but they knew how to do the work. Well, yes. Um, for me, well, I'm not a good candidate. So like you just said, like, I, I'm, I was not good at I was not good at taking the 
there's a like there's a scientific way that you're supposed to take the ACT and the SAT. Not only knowing how to do the stuff that's on the test, but knowing how to take it. I think it's very important. So I think someone doesn't really know investing into you know someone showing you how to do some uh, some test prep is really important. But I feel like um, for me, just being I, if you're not good at taking tests, you kind of have to make up for that in other areas. So I, I feel like I was a very well-rounded student going into college. So I wasn't good at taking the ACT, but I had a GPA, and I was involved in a lot of other things outside of school. So I feel like when you're not good at taking tests, you have to make up for that in other areas. You know, and sometimes, like this past year, you're going to have to take the SAT or the ACT because they kind of waived that. And a lot of people said that was unfair because the people that prepare these tests, they might not have the same background or environment as most people of color have. So a lot of those questions, we greet them like Roland um, said about Greek referring to the sororities, but a lot of us, you haven't been exposed to it, how are you going to excel in it? Yeah. I, I agree 100% that um, some of these tests are culturally, culturally biased. Um, I I do think, though, that um, skill take, or I'm sorry, test taking is a skill, and that if you, um, you, you might need to practice and develop strategies in order to maximize your um, your test scores. That's just sometimes what you have to do. Like, um, Kind of like interviewing the skill, test, test taking is a skill all of its own as well. So um, maybe if you have, um, you're struggling with that, maybe you can go and just find old tests from your class and just take those just so that you have strategies uh, for that. So that's what I did as I just took practice ACT and SAT over and over and over again until I um, got a score that I wanted. That, and then I took the test and I got a similar score. Well, you have the opportunity to be exposed to Penn State and uh, presently up in Madison, uh, Wisconsin. But in a lot of situations, the historical black colleges, sports, academia, and what have you, say like my hair down in Nashville, they prepare you to enter into the workforce. And a lot of schools don't do that. So the most people who go to historical, my understanding, I was hoping that Phil Terrence would call them, that 70% um, people who go to the historical black colleges have a great opportunity to succeed in life. MC, you do have uh, Jermaine on the line. Okay. Jermaine? Jermaine? Yes, sir. Well, we need for you to make up for this time. We got not that long. Tell the people, the people ask the question about my school, your school, Lincoln, but who were the other three people that uh, were part of receiving these ladies and gentlemen? Their scholarship, they got to do it right now, is worth over 200000 So, Jermaine, we will let you take it from there. Uh, you know, recently this past Wednesday for football players at Lincoln High School, we all signed uh, for our scholarship to play football at the next level for Division One. I. I signed to go to the University of Arkansas. We had another player go to the University of Iowa State, another one to the Army, and another one to Auburn University. And what did you find? You had a very good back end, especially 
some people that you know to equip you with media skills. Here, be that. <laughs> I said you had an individual who could help, who helped to equip you with media skills. Oh, uh, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Go ahead and uh, talk. I know I told have your principal, uh, Dr. Kristen Foster and uh, Kevin Bear, and they are proud uh, partners with uh, the Ulam Minority Media Associates. What will you tell the people? We know you just, uh, you at this banquet, but one of the guys that got the scholarship to Iowa State, right? Yeah. Well, we're about to run out of time, uh, but tell us some things important you would like to express to the people. You have, uh, well, you, you're familiar with um, Judge Martina Peterson and with our other top-notch um, attorney, uh, that's Rona Holloman Hughes, and we have three students on there. We have Thomas Peterson, who's working on his PhD, we have um, Galen, no, Kaylin Emerson, who attended uh, Alabama A&N, that's Alabama A&N, &N, and what the A stands for, agriculture, and the N stands for normal. And then you have the other young lady who is attending uh, Spelman. No one has said about what their GTA is. GPA, let me make sure I got that right. In grad school, um, and as long as you work really hard and you maintain that 3L and you maintain above it, um, nobody really cares uh, what your GPA is, to be honest with you. Um, that's one of the things. One of the oh, things well, yes, if you can get the grad school. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, uh, what do you plan on living after you get your PhD, Thomas? Uh,
city that I want to go to after I graduate. Um, it's just, you know, wherever my opportunities, wherever the job is, I am more than willing to go. Um, recently, I've been doing the experience trip with the NFL. So hopefully, you know, if I keep on networking, networking and utilizing that opportunity, it will turn into another door for me. Well, once again, our time is, has ran out, and uh, just contact me with the United Minority Media Association. We do have um, the Black Chamber of Commerce out of St. Louis. Also, we have the United Minority Media Association. We have Ferguson USA, HotTalkRadio.com, and well, I want to thank our people that's on there, our co-hosts. I call them, I didn't get no feedback, but I call our two co-hosts the dynamic duo, but I didn't hear any feedback on there. I guess they said we'll tell you at another time. I don't know. But stay tuned to this station. We're not only on YouTube. We are on uh, Facebook. We are on, uh, what is that one hour? Twitch. Uh, Twitch, uh, Facebook, and YouTube, as well as on, on our station also. Man, what, what's the other name people individually have uh, their uh, program set up? Well, right Podcasting. Now, podcasting. We get our podcast of this program by going to FrequencyUSAHotTorio.com, and also I'm from the Missouri Black Team of Commerce, not just U.S. Black Team, Missouri Black Team of Commerce. We have the entire state. Well... We're trying to shift you back to Louisiana where you can help them, really. Yeah, well, right now, we down there. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, once again, I know this is, uh, we do this every week, but for our people that I co-host and other people, if you want to be reached, just tell the people how you can be reached or whoever they should contact to reach you. And also, MC Oh, thank you, man. Because that's Thursday, isn't it? I had nobody invite me over for dinner. But I cook pretty good myself. So go ahead. <laughs> and anyway, that's Merry Christmas from the Blue Mountain And I hope you have a very fulfilling and safe holiday. Yes, Merry Christmas, likewise. Happy holidays. Likewise. Happy holidays, everybody. Me? Yeah. Okay, well. <laughs> Okay, uh, you know, is Santa Claus coming down your chimney or what? He's coming. You know, uh, next week uh, we're going to do a special salute to Kwanzaa and also our Osage Indian uh, tribe is going to build an uh, hour. They're going to start developing a museum up on 31st and Truth in Kansas City, Missouri. So that would be, be our special guest, and I appreciate, and even you, great-grandson, uh, Jermaine, I'm glad that you was able to attend, so you're one of the fortunate Lincoln. If y'all haven't heard of Lincoln High School, you have now. So thank you very much, and I'll say goodbye. What are the rest of you, though? What, what's your comments on are you saying goodbye? Are you saying Merry Christmas or what? I'm saying Merry Christmas to Martina. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Stay safe. Uh, if you're going to go out with friends and family, keep your masks on, social distance, because we do want to see.
and your family. Um, and we appreciate the support that you provided to us throughout um, our broadcasting this year. Thank you. And also, I said, say, uh, Amir Chisholm, so myself, Scott, uh, Scott Owen, I'm general manager, and I can take care of the great job that he does keep us on the air. True, and I don't know if I want somebody to bring me some uh, milk and cookies. You can't, well, I got an old chimney, but anyway, I'll be here, and I'm having a little eggnog without spiking it, okay? Yeah, I They got some pay the little women. One day I'm gonna get me one. I'll be standing on the corner. Corner 12 to the